This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, Episode 70. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 70. I'm Will, and here with me are teddy bear magician, Scott. They're not teddy bears, it's gummy bears. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Y'all are already out of control. Gummy bears. Hey, everybody. There is a teddy bear magician in the episode, in case anyone's confused. And a tiny evil overlord, Rebecca. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing episode 116 of He-Man. Here, there, Skeletors everywhere. This is also our monthly lightning round episode. It's lightning round number 12. That means we'll be pulling out the stopwatch for a quick review of several episodes that happened between our main episodes. As always, you can check our episode guide on the website if you'd like to follow along. But first, let's hear more from Will about this week's episode. That's my favorite part. The air date for this episode was November 20th, 1984. And on this day in history, McDonald's made its 50 billionth hamburger. Oh my lord. Thanks a lot, Scott. Billion. <laughs> for eating all those hamburgers. Billion. I loved McDonald's hamburgers. It's all those quadruple hamburgers we had in Cleveland for McDonald's. <laughs> I forget what that was those? called. Yeah, in the 90s. Oh, that it was uh, great. the. It was named after a football player. Everyone in Cleveland's gonna be real mad at me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, I can't help here. They had that burger. Old Touchdown Big Mac was his name. <laughs> Old Touchdown Dan. <laughs> oh, football. Four patties, four pieces of cheese. Oh, two buns. Fourpool. Oh, fourpool throat man. <laughs> In this episode, Skeletor steals a duplication machine to make an army of tiny clones to take over the palace. Alright, I don't think we can start talking about this episode without first acknowledging that there is there is a lot to unpack here. This is maybe the most insane He-Man episode <laughs> that we have seen. It's pretty weird. We will discuss whether it is good or bad but there is a lot of excitement happening here i think i think we can keep this a regular show length but get ready because there's a lot of excitement and a lot of things you wouldn't expect a lot of things you won't understand (laughs) (laughs) it's just like life this crazy ride we're on so there are a lot of crazy things that happen in the episode but i guess the most important thing in the episode is that skeletor ends up making clones of himself so i feel like to understand this episode we need to discuss whether we would feel comfortable making clones of ourselves and if you did (laughs) what would you like your clone to be doing Tiny clones or just clones in general? <laughs> I think they can be any size. I think you can calibrate the machine. Yeah. Well, I mean, tiny clones would be totally different because, I mean, you could send your regular size clone into, like, work or whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. But there's been other episodes of other shows that, that show that that's probably not the best idea. Because your clone might not be the nicest person. Yeah, there's or... always there's always some defect in your clone yeah. Some, somehow. Yeah. I guess I would be afraid of that. Or, or like, an exaggerated dimension to them. See, because I think I would not clone myself because I just think one is enough in this world. <laughs> 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 it's exhausting just having one of me around. I don't I don't think anybody wants to but deal with that. the other one that. could be like playing drums, could be playing like... You have a whole band of yourselves? Yeah, you, yeah, you have a whole band of yourselves. So it's more of an... Ex- yeah, what if it was more of a cooperative extension of you, like more like extra hands? Is that a better philosophy than having like an kinda autonomous like, drone? I was gonna say like kind of like Doctor Manhattan, like he yeah. can do. I would. So you're I would more go connected to your clone. Yeah, I, w- I would kind of go for that. It's less. It's less a um, henchman and more and more like a um, uh, projection of yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're one yeah, brain. I, I would do saying? that. Yeah, you're one brain. Exactly. But you can control all of them. Yeah. 
I like that better. Yeah, I, like, I do like that better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want other then meetings, The other but... ones aren't going to get mad at you or like. That's true. Yeah, that seems like there's a lot of problems there. Our <laughs> our product's better than yeah. that competitor's product. Yeah. yeah. Don't go with the skeletoids. Yeah, that's a that's an evil product. I would also can I add another uh, dimension to this product? What in the in the farther out your clones go, the less influence you have over them, and maybe they just sort of, like, shut down if they get too far. They yep. shut down, or they, like, totally uh, go against you or something? They just kind of, like, disappear. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Disappear? Well, mm. yeah. They're still part of you, I think. I think you can it's like reabsorb them. It's like a dog electric fence. They get shot or something. <laughs> <laughs> and never lose your clone again. <laughs> <laughs> electric shot. Clone. <laughs> what would be the name of that company? Yeah, that's a good one. That's pretty fun. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. Busy Bodies. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Get a lot okay. done. Come down to Busy Bodies. Get your extra body. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Do not use that as a jingle. Get your extra body. No, that would work. That would totally work. Extra body. I like that better. Do more than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Get your extra body. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Elon Musk, you can have that idea. You got more yeah, money than we should, do. <laughs> we should promote that to Elon Musk. <laughs> See, with this episode. With this episode, which he will Be definitely like, Are you going to clone people with like Skeletor did? I bet he, you he would respond. Probably. He seems, he seems like he's gone off that ledge enough yeah. to, where, to where he would respond. He's, he's getting into that territory. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting you're a little, like, you're he, just crazy enough. Yeah, you want, don't get too modulocky. Yeah, if you get too crazy, no more flamethrowers. No more flamethrowers. <laughs> well, this is Mossman. Why didn't they invite me for Act 1? That should do it. Well, let's try it out. Cringer, can we borrow that Rango Berry? Well, Duncan's duplicator doesn't quite work as well as ours does. He's trying it for the first time. He's showing it off to his buddies. And the way he does this is he wants the fruit that Cringer has in his mouth so he can try to make two of them. And we see that it makes a second smaller fruit and everybody claps and everyone's excited. Yeah, they're really into this product testing. Hey, it worked. Also, did you hear Cringer refer Cringer. to it as duplication? <laughs> did you I did not. Know. Like, what do we need to do duplication? <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> that does sound like what we do with our dog voice. Yeah, duplication. Yeah. That's funny. What are you guys doing out here with that thing? Man at Arms new duplicating machine just made me an extra dessert. All right, now this is this is crazy enough. Um, I, I sounds like I'm moving fast this stuff, but this is really the pace of the episode. So he's doing this, and then right away a new creature person manifests. Oh my God, yes, we right away. So have, we have never seen Moss Man before. Have no. It's Moss Man. It's Sorry. Moss Man. Oh my God, it's Moss Man. <laughs> What's going on? Mossman, this is supposed to be a secret test. I wasn't spying. I came out here for a nap. I'll go find another spot. We, we know, we know put Moss them in your Christmas tree. Toy put them in your house plants. <laughs> put them anywhere you want. It's Mossman. We do get excited about him. He was one of the most notorious of the Motu toys because he had that weird texture that was very swampy and gross and he doesn't look a, a lot like his toy he was more of those you know we were just talking about the wobble that's kind of like the planet of the apes dr zaius he was kind of like a green bigfoot kind of guy yeah and he although, was dopier than i thought i was thinking of him being more like monstrous he's like a dry a dry swamp thing <laughs> A dry swamp thing, and he has coordinating briefs. Yes, he does. Yes. <laughs> even, oh, yeah. Even yeah. though it's all presumably moss, I don't know. <laughs> he gets his belt at a nice place too. Yeah, moss belt, moss briefs. Well, that's so he can <laughs> he can blend in because Orko, uh, in a complete non sequitur, says he's like a 
built-in spy. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we'll file that away, Orko. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, thank you, Orko. Yeah, that was so- helpful. Now, even when he's not trying to be, Mossman's a spy. Being able to change into any plant can sure be handy. Mossman pretty much just shows up to, like, just check in and say hi, right? Yeah, he's just around. Yeah, he was just he was just lurking invisibly. So he can, he can like, uh... They had to get him in really fast. Yeah, so he can camouflage, basically, is his deal. Yeah. All right, also spying on this invention is Skeletor. And Whiplash... Um, also, by the way, when Orko said he's like a built-in spy about Mossman, I was like, is he a bad guy? No, he was just there around the same time. Mm-hmm. He, was yeah. just there. he was just taking a nap. Yeah. And he just happened to be right there. <laughs> he's just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Whiplash and Skeletor are very envious of this contraption, and of course they instantly want to get a plan to steal it, because, you know, duplicating can be very, very helpful. Wonderful. With that machine, I could duplicate anything. There would be no limit to my power. I love how they're like 10 feet away from him and they're like like staring at them. <laughs> I thought that like, too. They're like, uh, you're right there, Skeletor. And Skeletor tries to whisper, but they don't take the reverb off his voice, so it sounds like he's <laughs> yelling. He said, we must be very quiet. <laughs> I must have that machine. So now our heroes are taking off in the Wind Raider. And I love this too because Duncan is so pleased with their morning and he's like, we've had a very productive morning. <laughs> yeah. And I just love that. Like, it made me very pleased too. I'm like, you sure did, Duncan. It was a productive morning. And we'll be back at the palace in time to greet our royal visitors. It was like a fishing trip and nobody got hooked. Nobody was weird. We, we put away our supplies neatly. We, got poli- we politely dismissed Moss, man. <laughs> got up early. Got a, couple, got a couple fish coming back with dinner. We're going to do well today. I even rinsed off my galoshes. <laughs> like, yeah, he's happy. He's just happy as can be. Unfortunately, because they're in the Wind Raider, it has to get shot down. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it gets shot down by Skeletor and Whiplash in, I think, is this Rotor? Is that the is that the toy? He said it. Now I forget it. Yeah, it, was, it looks cool. What they, were. I, I, they finally, like in the, you know, but last... They made all these toys, but now they I have know, to They're finally starting to use it, and they're finally starting to show things that look like the toys. Like, it has the little painted-on eye, evil eyeball on it, and it was it was pretty cool. This rain blaster will jam the Wind Raider's engines. They'll have to land, and then the duplicating machine will be mine. <laughs> so they shoot them down over the tar swamps, and uh, He-Man turns into He-Man and, and, and pulls them out uh, with Battle Cat. Engines are jammed. I, I can't get them going. I've got an idea. They managed to get their hands the duplicator yet? No, they do not. They no, no, no. Not no they, 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 they land in the tar pit, too. Oh, that's so, right. So, and they're, so they, they're... they turn into He-Man. He tosses them with a rope and, like, flies them into the air like a kite. It was ridiculous. And then he climbs up the rope as they're flying. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Amazing. He means he's a hot dog. And then, and, then, and, then, and then Skeletor just lands in the tar pit, and you're like, oh, all right. Okay, so he is temporarily waylaid. Yeah. And it's like it's it's like the Globetrotters versus the Generals. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's yeah. climbing his own rope that we're affixed to. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, and Whiplash did not make it out of that tar pit. It's, it's, sad. <laughs> it's sad. He looks like dinosaur bones. Yeah. I th- coincidentally, I bet Duncan is also a big fan of Sweet Georgia Brown as a song. Oh, I, you I, know I he is. Like, you know he would just pat his, his knee along to that song. I hope they both win. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. winners are ones who are the best sportsmen. <laughs> this is Prince Adam. Sorry I was late for our teddy bear meeting in Act 2, Father. Your situation is indeed a desperate one, Jova. Uh, yes, it is. What's the commotion, Mechanic? So they get back to the the, the palace, the right? The palace. And, they, right. and they, meet the, they meet the gummy bears. Is <laughs> I was about right? to say, <laughs> yeah. So, so is it fair to say right now the teddy bears are petitioning the king? <laughs> is that yes. fair to say? Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and this is, again, one of the elements of this episode that's like, huh, okay, so we've There's, got this going this, on. There was no warm-up. Like, nobody came in and said, no. Sire, I just want to prepare you. There are some anthropomorphic teddy bears that are going to come in. They will speak, and they have magic powers. But act as if this is normal. Do they have? Is there a name for this race of creatures? They also have DVs. They all, yeah, they have. They like have kind of. Shirts it's like a Jetsons sort yeah. of thing. Jumpsuit 
They okay. do. They do not. I looked them up in our in our guide. Okay, so they don't have like a species name. Well, we got some names though. Bears. Some proper names. Let's get some a teddy bear roll call. Okay. We got Jera, Jova, Jiva, maybe. And, and Jay, the baby. Well, right? that's how we'll refer to them. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Those are their names. What in the world, first of all, they have crazy outfits because some of them are like footy pajamas with a deep V, and then the baby is wearing a shirt, no pants, like one of those Charmin bears, I guess. <laughs> like, you're just going in the woods. It's all just... Yeah. Casual around here. They still use toilet paper in the woods, according to Sherman. According to Sherman, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. And yet they I still buy the trees brand. In the woods, right? They should use trees in the woods. Yeah, just some bark. But just riddle me this: I still buy the toilet paper. What's what's with that? I don't know. No one talks the trees. <laughs> don't use the bark. It is rough. <laughs> Duncan probably does use the trees. Use those paper trees. So their problem, the bears have a problem, and they are petitioning the king for his help. Their problem is that they need to be able to hunt for their food, but they have to be invisible (laughs) while doing so, because otherwise they will get eaten. I'm glad you put that together. I was trying to remember. And the mineral is called bambite, I yes, believe. Yes, they use these crystals of something called bambite. Makes to, them invisible. To turn themselves invisible so that they may safely gather food. To become invisible, we must have... Bambite! And I'm like, first of all, hold up here. Number one, what is wrong with evolution on Eternia? Evolution has made this animal that is a teddy bear that is completely useless. Delicious. And, that, and it must completely be delicious, delicious yeah. because they cannot live without a precious crystal that makes you invisible. That's crazy. It's Number two, bears. it's because they're gummy bears. Number two, okay, I don't know if y'all notice, but you are bears. Okay, you should be the predator. You can attack people because you're a bear. Well, they they're probably never bears, though. evolved any of the predatory. Uh, mutations because they, they didn't have to. Well, dude, crystals, have you ever yeah. seen like a koala? That thing's got claws, okay? I mean, have you ever seen a dragosaur? I mean, they got <laughs> everything else on Eternia is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just don't Even buy if these they had bears. Claws, I don't think they survive being that tiny. Whatever, y'all, have, y'all some bears. Get you some bear dignity, okay? <laughs> oh, put on some bear <laughs> pants. Bear <laughs> dignity. <laughs> bear dignity. <laughs> The jungle. Park. Oh, I guess I'm clear. Get you some bear dignity. Sorry, this has to be crazy, just like this episode. <laughs> That's right, because otherwise we're not capturing the spirit of it, because it it is truly bonkers. It's Prince Adam, sire. Sorry, I'm late, father. Mother. I forgot that uh, Prince Adam was late coming in, and King Randor was mad that uh, Adam was late for the teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably loves them normally. He's like, he's like bow down to them. Okay, and then... <laughs> Give them respect, Adam. Uh, you must cuddle our guests. <laughs> Otherwise, they won't feel at home. <laughs> um. Also, in this bizarre tableau happening here in the throne room. Meganek is just here hanging out, okay? And now Meganek is like the kid who always comes over to your house and he's your neighbor so he can see when you're home. I guess he can stay for dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just there. I see Prince Adam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Target like, acquired. He's like standing on the other side of the fence and just like his head shoots up and he's like everyone's at home. They can always see when we're home. Yeah, like, so he just Adam, comes over. Adam, ask your dad if I can stay the night at the palace. <laughs> And then so Randor's just too polite to get rid of him, I guess. You know, because he doesn't have a policy on when you can come to the throne room. And you know that people would just come and hang out and talk all day. That would be terrible. <laughs> he lets tiny bears in. It's all right. <laughs> oh, hey, this is Moss Man. I forgot to ask your phone number. I'll just wait here till you give it to me. Go on. So th- th- now we get now we get some real drama. Yeah, All, attack trick. Whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say, uh, Skeletor abruptly cuts through the floor and the bottom falls out from under the new device and Skeletor steals it. And then we have a little exchange where Skeletor talks to the teddy bears a little bit. <laughs> right. Of course. Ah, 
I see Joma is also here. The same Joma who refused to help me steal the diamond of Loch Me. Skel Skeletor uh, has some exposition for us, and we learned that Skeletor tried to get uh, the daddy bear to uh, go invisible and um, gather some magic stuff for him, and he refused. And so that's why Skeletor stole all the Bambite, I yeah, think. Yeah, Skeletor is hoarding their Bambite. Yeah. Big Bambite, do you? But anyway, Skeletor absconds with the duplication machine. So now it's time for He-Man, and the baby bear is very excited for He-Man and screams, He-Man, when the He-Man oh, shows yeah, up. yeah, the baby bear did a thing where it was like saying extra lines to be cute. Yeah. I did not yeah. care for he that. He said Bambite too many times. Yeah. Bambite. Bambite. Yeah. It's like, Bambite. Bambite. That was weird. It was just like that bird in that circus episode. You know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about? Hey, Pop man. Hey, man. Why? Why do we have to have that? Uh, can we bring Can we bring uh, Wallace Shawn in for the voice of the baby? <laughs> I hope so. It's hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> He, okay. can just, he can just play everybody well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, he, he could. I feel like he could. He man. So here is where, as we have just mentioned, we get a tag track. And I'm so excited because, okay, this whole scene with the tag track going to, you know, they're, they're going to go get this uh, machine back. It's almost like they had him say the dialogue that I would have had him say. Yeah. And is, I loved it. It is great. He I, was I, great. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. They committed to him being a, a smart aleck. Yeah. Attack track. Are we still on Skeletor's trail? Of course we are. And it was like very, very much a whole like scene. It wasn't like a yes. one, like a one off, like like just a ram man poke. It was <laughs> it was like it was like multiple. Well, now ones. we know he's rude to everybody outside his immediate circle. Mecha Neck sticks his head through the sunroof and is trying to warn Attack Track about mines ahead and Attack Track's like, unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, who do you need to talk to, Mecha Neck? Careful, there's one up ahead. Feel your right, Attack Track. I've already noted that mine and adjusted our course. You can rest your neck, Mecha Neck. Oh, I, I, I love when they get to the edge of the cliff. And and Mechanic's like, oh, we're stuck. And then Attack Tracks, you're new here. Oh, yeah, you're new here, aren't you? I'm afraid we're stuck. You're new here, aren't you? I love that. I love that so much. I was so thrilled to see Attack Track back and sassing everybody. It was great. Attack Track is my favorite character in He-Man. He's just, really just funny. Just straight up. Like, there's no close second. Um, and I would like to see him being rude to everyone. I would just <laughs> really watch that show. It's just like where, you know, he has an Uber service and he's just rude to everybody. I would oh, love it. Oh, that would be a good... <laughs> He'd have like one-star ratings, but... The whole episode is him just picking but up different people. He got me there on time, yeah. but he was really rude. Yeah. Finally, our chance to test the machine. Well, we get to see our Skeletor babies finally. Yeah, because when Skeletor gets his hands on this machine, the very first thing he does is step in it himself. He's like, okay, well, you We know, can't clearly, make anything better than more of me. Yeah, we gotta do this. And the little Skeletors that pop out and pop out and pop out are hilarious. Mm -hmm. Because they're not, like, teeny tiny. They're at, like, a one-third scale kind of kind of size. And so it's like little children, almost. So, so you say if, uh, if, if, if Skeletor was six feet, they'd be, like, two feet high? Something like that? Thereabouts, yeah. yeah Maybe like they're that. a little bigger than that. I don't they're, know. They're like Skeletor but. toddlers. Not like teeny tiny, but they were small, and that was kind of funny too. And they talked just like Skeletor, except their voice was pitched just a little bit higher. And it was delightful. It's everything you would have dreamed of that this scene would be. Quiet, Skeletoids, you wonderfully horrible creatures, get in line! You know what you must do. Off to the Palace of Randor. It will soon be mine. Oh, mine! Here comes King Skeletor! <laughs> Did Mossman show back up again and do something helpful? Well, yeah, yeah. He, he called He-Man on a phone. <laughs> he had a phone. He had a phone. He turned uninvisible, and then he's like got a, his cell phone, and he's like, hey, He-Man, like, was, was your phone invisible too? I'm almost out of minutes, He-Man. He-Man? <laughs> He-Man here. What is it, Mossman? You better get back here right away. We're in big trouble. And look crazy. <laughs> Moss Man 
turns uninvisible, pulls out a flip phone, and calls He Man. <laughs> it was actually what happened. It was like yes. more like a stick microphone. <laughs> okay. If it was like 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 it was uh, just a it stick. Was, it was on Price Is Right. <laughs> it's just a stick. He's yeah. yelling into a stick. Hey man! Hey man! Hey man! Hey man! Come! <laughs> and then He Man just hears it for some odd reason. It's like, we aren't going to tell him. I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and then also that means that you know that they didn't get away from that picnic earlier without Mossman being like, what's everyone's phone number? Like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to call you later. Come over and play, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's like, I'll be, I'll be in the bushes <laughs> waiting for you when you get home. So, oh, he man, uh, Skeletor and his babies are here. That's pretty much what he said. <laughs> yeah, and then so here's... He the- does a cool little morph into like a topiary. It was kind of cool. Oh, I do, and I do enjoy Topiary. Um, I here here is where several times in the episode we have to refer with a straight face to Skeletor and his Skeletoids, okay. which is a delightful name and a name for a great band, and a name for a super group. Mm-hmm. And I just loved calling them Skeletoids. I thought that was hilarious. Skeletor has used the duplicating machine to duplicate himself. Skeletor and the Skeletoids. Yeah. Mm. Patent pending. <laughs> we all play guitar. <laughs> so they're they're uh they're invading the palace, and so when He Man and and his pals get back there, they have to go in through a secret entrance. Here's a new new crazy thing we just learned about. Oh yeah, why'd they call it a proper name? The Rainbow Bridge. The okay. Rainbow a, the Rainbow, Rainbow Tunnel. tunnel. Rainbow Tunnel. Rainbow Tunnel. What's the Rainbow Tunnel? There's, there's nothing sorry. rainbow about it that I saw. Oh, there's there's colored colored uh, colored bricks and stuff. Okay, oh, I, yeah. I totally I mean, missed not, that. Not not like not, not like, like crazy colors, but right. like if you painted a brick and it was aged for a while. Well, I do like hearing about their past. He Man said that uh, Randor built this secret entrance for uh, Adam and Tila when they were kids, which I thought was pretty cute. But um, it's cute, but in an episode already <laughs> brimming with details, it's like what? Okay, what? This too? It was just a whole lot. It was a lot. And Tila's real father is Fisto. Let's proceed. <laughs> what? What? Huh? What? <laughs> so th- inside the tunnel, they have a, a brief uh, scuffle with the Skeletoids who try to do some. Uh, zappy stuff to, uh, to to waylay them but they they get around them so oh, they yeah. they get into uh Sorry. the throne room but yeah and the and mama bear uh realizes it's important because the skeletoids are in the lobby and she <laughs> and she says here take the and last they of our don't magic don't have an appointment <laughs> <laughs> and Mechanex sticks his head out in the lobby and they're all just like conjugating like hey man did you play that you play the new uh did you play the new game yeah yeah, I, oh yeah, meet me up on uh, Fortnite later. Yeah, All right. Mechanic is so lonely, he would he would probably hang out with Skeletor and the Skeletoids. Are those Skeletoid phone numbers? <laughs> I was just talking about Skeletoid. So, so the mama bear uh, gives, her, gives uh, He-Man the last of her magic to make them invisible, and for a little while now... Oh yeah, they use bear magic to sneak past the Skeletoids. We know where... Uh, He-Man and his friends are because we get like the Looney Tunes footsteps animations wherever mm-hmm. they go and so we don't see them but we know they're invisible we see little foot foot tracks everywhere yeah. and they go outside to the courtyard and then somebody starts talking about hey they've got Cyclone look they've got Cyclone too <laughs> okay yeah so first of all who is Cyclone oh you haven't seen him yet I don't think so I think I've had I've had him in Maybe I just had the toy. (laughs) No, I did. I did have. Sorry, I did have the toy. Maybe I had him in a lightning round, though. So they have captured Cyclone because we could. We needed to throw in some more toys in this episode. Uh He's not getting enough FaceTime here, and he's like in like arm shackles, pinned on a wall. Why? I don't know. I like it because it felt like a video game and we're getting a new character. It made me excited. It made you he was, excited. He was one of, he was it one made of me my, confused. He was, <laughs> he was one of my favorite toys. And he's got he like was. this, he's like this uh, spaceman looking guy with like blue skin and a helmet. And obviously he does like a tornado action. Wasn't he from like Saturn or something like that? He or? looks Saturn-y. Okay. That's a good way to describe it. Whatever you're picturing, if you don't... There's nobody who listens to this podcast who doesn't know what Cyclone looks like. But if you don't know what Cyclone looks like, somebody who came from Saturn. Okay? Yeah, well, he had like a galaxy or something on his chest, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Probably okay. Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> or a ring planet of any yeah, kind. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I just associated it with Saturn because it was a planet with a ring around it. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Uranus. It's, it's pronounced that way, not Uranus. 
says you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Episode. <laughs> oh. Cyclone, do your stuff. You got it. You guys get clear. I'll take care of these squirts. So, maybe little kids like Cyclone a lot because his powers are like powers you could pretend to have as a little kid because when they free Cyclone, the first thing he does is just start spinning his arms around real fast like you're a kid and you're like, you start doing that in the backyard and then you hit your cousin and it's like, who hit me? He's like, it was what I said in. I was pretending to be Cyclone. Cut out that horse play. <laughs> Okay, yeah, because if you, if you spin him up and down, then you start spinning around in a circle. Then then you're a cyclone. Yeah, then you are in, an actual cyclone. But After his, you put on your yellow jumpsuit. His basic powers are arm spinning, though. Can we just say that's that's really all it mm-hmm. is? That's really bad for your shoulder joints, cyclone, and I hope you have good health care, okay? That's dangerous. Be careful with your overhead press. Health, health care in eternity is Duncan's going to do something very frightening to you. <laughs> I'm not sure if he'll make it. You can see me or Dr. Modulock. <laughs> All right, we're going to check in with Skeletor, and he has like a little map that looks like a like a Denny's placemat treasure map. Yeah. And it looks like he's conquered like most of Eternia with all his little Skeletoids. But at about that time, He-Man and one of the teddy bears who are riding with him on Jova. Battle Cat. Yeah, Joe was yeah. riding on Battle Cat with him, which looked insane. It did look insane, yes. Yeah, well, I, I don't know why he got so large all of a sudden. <laughs> the bear. It's a good question. <laughs> they they show up to uh, to accost Skeletor, and instead of getting into a huge fight, He-Man does something unusually smart and tries to provoke the Skeletoids. Yes, and he's successful because he realizes that if they gain any sort of self-awareness, they will instantly crumble under their own arguing arguing <laughs> with themselves, which is what happens. He points out to the Skeletoids that they are doing Skeletor's bidding, and what are they getting out of it? <laughs> and the logic breaks them, and then they start infighting. Yeah, yeah, what do you mean? You will be the ruler of Eternia. I want to be the ruler. Now, it is I who shall rule. And at the same time, He-Man goes over to the duplication machine to make more tiny He-Mans. Oh, Lord. It got even go. crazier. It yeah. got even crazier. And then, so he made some tiny He-Mans. And then he goes, ready, boys? I did like that. I did <laughs> like yeah. that. Yeah. Ready, boys? Ready. And they destroyed the duplication machine, which is Shucked what needed you. to happen to make this whole nightmare end okay i was a little disturbed by this i mean so did the little he-man did the little he-mans die mommy (laughs) well they didn't die they just just, stopped existing they went back into other (laughs) he-man okay okay that's what see that's what i would like to think okay (laughs) that little he-man was in you all along and Uh, there's a bunch of little he-mans inside of all of us yeah there you go luckily they find some (laughs) (laughs) they find some bambite uh, in Snake Mountain, right beside the duplicator they destroyed. Yeah, they're like, they, there it is. They've been, they've been hoarding, so the bears won't have to starve, and they can continue living being uh, cute bears. Yeah, we were real worried. <laughs> so so we met uh, Moss Man, we met Cyclone, we had the Tinies, Attack Track was sassy. It was a, it was a big adventure. And then at the end, uh, the little tag, Orko gets, he like, buries the throne room in... Berries, 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 the berries. Because he tried to make berries more berries. bambite with a spell, and of course the berries happen instead, which is always a good gag. I do like food coming from nowhere. Sorry. Yeah, especially um, giant pancakes. And, and giant pancakes. Berries would go well with giant pancakes. That would taste good. There you go. So, our moral. Are we ready to talk about the moral? Yeah. Duncan's like, don't do too much candy. Like that was the that was the moral. When we like something, particularly something sweet, it's easy to want more and more. Because they'll turn on you and try to take over your kingdom. I like to imagine that he watched this episode, and that's what he was taking away. Like, I hope the kids understand not to eat too much candy after okay, watching this. See, now with all the times that say Tila has been lectured over doing something a little rash, I think Duncan is due for a lecture about hmm. perhaps don't build a machine that you know will activate the greed and insanity of the most evil man in, in Eternia. He definitely needs to consider some uh, technological ethics, I it's think. It's true. Duncan, you, you goofed up here, okay? You gotta go peel some taters. Duncan Duncan definitely believes all technology is inherently good. I yes. don't understand. Well, I don't understand why he doesn't just do it in the castle. 
Why did he have to do it away from his lab? Field testing definitely needs some protection. They need a secret research facility. I guess they do have those. He just does it in the wide open. (laughs) Yeah. He just wanted to go fishing. I'm in the woods. I'm good. And that also was a device that he definitely didn't need to use in the open. That's no. true. Where do you get his energy from? Just just like a battery? Well, they have that Eternium or whatever that's that's oh. like their battery for everything. So yeah. I assume that he just takes that everywhere. That's true. I just assume he has like a little foot pedal generator and he's like, I'll get some exercise while I'm at it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, don't do too much candy. Don't do he too much. He puts it on his dad shorts <laughs> and his long socks. Oh, my Fitbit's going to be beeping like crazy my new balances are getting worn out <laughs> Duncan definitely has new balances stark white mm-hmm. never a smudge on him yeah. he's the kind of man who would like use white shoe polish on his white new balances did you ever know that to be a thing white shoe polish oh, for yeah. sneakers oh my my friend he's, uh, he's he bought the adidas whatever and they were all like they were all white and like had a little bit of black all, every day he would put on that, that shoe polish. That's hilarious. Uh, it was, he was crazy. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, my shoes look nice. <laughs> Do the sneakerheads of today use shoe polish? I feel like that is an old product that has gone by the wayside. I use it on my like dress shoes. Dress shoes, like yeah. for work. Sometimes. I'm not I should sure use it more. The last time I've seen a bottle of white shoe polish just anywhere. I don't know. We're not wearing leisure suits anymore. It feels like there's not a lot of like white patent leather going on. I don't know. Well, they, well, now nowadays they they also have clear. So oh, you, they you can have buy, clear. Yeah. What are what are these advances in shoe polish? <laughs> so you could buy yeah you can buy you can buy it like if you buy like I don't know what like suede and stuff like that or whatever not suede but you know uh, a different color you can just buy clear and it'll keep it nice. Well, I don't know what I think now. What if, what if Ram Man polished his whole armor with that and it was just too much? Like, nobody say anything. He, he walks out in the sun and like burns everyone's eyes. I already know. Yeah. Oh. You're too shiny. All right. So how do we rate this? How do we rate this episode? You know, the more we talked about it, the more I really enjoyed it. I, it was bananas while it was going on, and I think I really liked it. I'm going to go about a 4.6. Yeah, I'm going to have to say, I, yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll say uh, 4.6 Uninvited Moss Mans. <laughs> I really liked that one. It was bonkers. I think if a kid tuned into this, they would have loved it. I loved it. I can't help it. I know it's dumb, but I love seeing the action figures. And something that I think should matter, they did a good job making the uh, characters match the toys you could buy. And and some, some, and that, that kind of synergy is important, and they weren't doing that a lot before. I like that. So 4.6 for dumb reasons and good. <laughs> so if I take your eyes combined to 4.6 and 4.6, that's 4.6, right? <laughs> All right? So whatever it does to get it to a perfect five, I say, <laughs> so 6.0, 6.0. Is this your, this wait, 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 whatever will pull it up to that perfect five. This is this was your, a good is one. Is that your favorite episode? I, I would have to say it was. It, it was, was really good. so ridiculous and everything else. I was like, I don't even care what the plot is. Like, what is the plot? I'm like, there's little He-Man, there's little Skeletors, there's, there's all sorts of characters in this. There wasn't Ram Man. Attack Track was in it. It was. It was good. It was good. So, five, so I'll go with five. But yeah, awesome. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, He Man. Good yeah. job. It was hilarious. He-Man. Yeah. It was pretty fun. It's hideous. It's time for the lightning round. So the rules are, are that we'll get about a minute apiece to talk through one episode and give you a general impression, like should you watch it, did we like it, did we not like it, important outfits, or whether it's skippable in our estimation. And so uh, we got, uh, this is our 12th time of doing this, and we've got 12 episodes for you here. Everybody shows up, Granamere, Origin Stories, Ugly Curse, New Princesses. So let's get going. Okay, looks like Scott has the first episode here, and what are you reviewing for us? Uh, this is uh, one of twelve. It is He-Man episode um, 114, um, Battle of the Dragons. 
It opens with uh, Prince Adam and Duncan heading heading up to meet with Granamere. Uh, then you see a Morningstar, another dragon, plotting against Granamere. Morningstar uh, puts out Granamere's fire with, with an ice crystal um, and blames the humans. Morningstar blames Prince Adam and Duncan, who are flying over the time, and shoots them down. They meet up with Granamere and says that it, it is cool with them, but Morningstar is going to going to start a war with the humans. So to restore the flame, He-Man and Orko have to go and get it from the Flame of Shadows. That doesn't really make sense, but whatever. Morningstar uh, gets some other dragons and starts burning down some cities. Um, Orko gets a, a bubble of the special flame and starts Grandmere Fire again. Um, then Grandmere fights Morningstar and has a flame off. It was it was pretty cool. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, uh, Grandmere wins uh, and then sends him away. Oops, sorry, the dragons burned down your home, but uh, hey, we're pretty cool, right, humans? Um, so it ends with a peace treaty, and there, you know, whatever. Um, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good episode. I would say 4.2 uh, fireballs. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it had it, dragons, had fire, dragon fight. When Granamir shows up, it's always good news. Yeah, yeah I think everybody yeah. loves him. Yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. All right, William. All right, this is two of twelve. He Man, episode 115. Time doesn't fly. Ah. Okay, in this episode, an evil wizard stops time and He-Man has to restore it. The adventure begins when Adam, Teela, and Orko are out playing ball with a space bat and the sun isn't moving. They hear someone crying for help. It's a girl who fell in a hole dug by a giant purple mole (laughs) who's confused about the time of day. The girl is Princess Cafe, daughter of the Emperor of Simba. She's noble and occasionally offers up some proverbs. The land of Simba is like a mythological Eastern culture, and some of that doesn't age that well. But here's the problem. Her father was captured by the evil wizard Hexon. He's kind of like Jarvan. He stole the sands of time and will keep them until the Council of Seasons makes him king. What's the Council of Seasons? It's a literal council of seasonal figureheads who are waiting for Cafe's father because he has to ask permission to rule for another year. He-Man and Pals find the Sands of Time, get the rightful king to the council, and Hexon is sentenced to make more clocks. He-Man says, time is our friend, and use it wisely. Uh, I would rate this a 3.1 meeting minutes for the Council of Seasons. Her name was Cafe? I can't get past that. She was warm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they called called her that. She smelled like coffee. I like that you heard all of that, and that's the part you got hung up on. <laughs> what was that? We had a council of seasons and <laughs> a giant purple mole. It's like her name is so silly. Cafe. That's not a great name. Mm-hmm. We reviewed episode 116, Here There Skeletors Everywhere, in today's show. It but, was amazing. <laughs> but So what are you doing for us now, Scott? I am. This is 3 of 12, um, He-Man episode uh, 118, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, it opens with Skeletor and spider droids attacking the the castle. He-Man and Cyclone, uh, maybe this is why I was more familiar with Cyclone, because I always had it, uh, were crushing them one after another. While this is happening, um, Skeletor appears with Evil Lynn and Whiplash, and they kidnap Tila and Orko. Uh, They freeze them and shoot them out in these tubes and send them to Prince Morgor. And Prince Morgor has bat wings for ears, but he has a nice feast waiting for them, so that was nice. Um, He-Man attacks Snake Mountain and talks to Skeletor's head, but Skeletor says, they're not here. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh no. So I, he goes talk to the sorceress. The sorceress gives him a magic ball with Tila's hair in it. I don't know why she has that, but whatever. <laughs> okay, creepy. Um, <laughs> Morgor explains Skeletor has turned his turned him into this hideous beast. He-Man busts through the castle. He-Man fights some bees. Uh, Skeletor tells Morgor to freeze them, and he refuses to freeze them, and Skeletor gets scared away by He-Man. Uh, Tila kisses Morgor, and he loses his bat wings, and he turns into a beautiful prince again, and everyone's happy. Wow. Um, it was it was, it was, was kind of ridiculous. It wasn't... I, I give, may, maybe made it sound more better than it was, but um, I, it was... It was uh, 3.8. 3.8 bat wings. Couple of notes. Number one, if you have a lock of someone's hair, that's always creepy. That's bad. Number that's two, always bad. I would have been disappointed if I kissed him and he lost his bat wings. I'd be like, the bat wings were like the whole reason I was, I was here. I was, I, you know, I was into it. I bet oh, Ram Man's like, I didn't have no bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a catch. Like, I'm hideous too. <laughs> <laughs> My mommy says I'm a catch. <sighs> All right. This is four of 12. Uh, this is me. 
And um, this is uh, He-Man episode 118, Orko's Return. All right. All right, Beastman and Trapjaw are using Orko like a personal genie in this episode. Beastman and Trapjaw summon Orko from a rare quality performance, and Mr. Beastman and Mr. Trapjaw send Orko Orko hostage video in a bubble to Randor and offer him up in exchange for all the photanium. Beastman and Trapjaw no say, deal. say Orko's magic only works if it's used to aid them. So Orko gets really clever with some tricks. One time he ends up summoning hairbrushes that stalk Beastman and won't stop trying to groom him. <laughs> He-Man gets uh, help from an ancient insect race. The ruler is a plump termite queen with a crown that reclines on a chaise lounge. Uh, He-Man gets Beastman's magic amulet and... Um, and freeze Orko. By this time, Beastman and Trapjaw are terrified of Orko and beg He-Man not to let Orko go with them to Snake Mountain. <laughs> the rating is four Termite Queens. I did like this that one. That sounds pretty good. I the Termite say. Queen was, was, was pretty was cool. Was Beastman ever in a... In a uh, um uh, what would you call it? A, a hairdresser like chair, <laughs> like he had curls in his hair. That would be a good gag. I would enjoy yeah. seeing. That. <laughs> Oracle just puts a bunch of curlers in him. <laughs> All right, we'll review episode one nineteen, "Visitors from Earth," in a future show, where we'll also be visiting from Earth to mm-hmm. another future planet. Show. Also in a future show, way future. Next, I have He-Man season one, episode one twenty, "Monster on the Mountain." Oh my god, and my timer timed out. Sorry. Monster on the Mountain. All right, there's this weird village called Ruxtown where the people have very tall philtrums between their nose and mouth. Looks weird. And they're all afraid because the Tingler of Mount Fear is coming down from the very cold mountain and stalking among the village. And I guess that's why they call him the Tingler because of the cold, but that word does not have a great connotation. So it's weird. The Tingler at a distance looks like a Sasquatch and the villagers want to get him because they're morons and thirsty for blood. So Tila and Adam are going to go get to the bottom of this and a villager with no pants goes, he's here. I seen him. He was not. So Orko and Cringer go to the Tingler's last known location, the well, and we finally see the Tingler who's just a big man who lives in a cave and he's a gentle giant who just wants to not be made fun of. And so he goes to find Adam and Tila for Orko. Orko gives him a little kiss, which was very sweet. The villagers have by this time formed a mob, and all of the parties meet up, and the Tingler happens to rescue the worst villager, Emma, who's trapped on a ledge. And now everyone suddenly loves the Tingler. And they get a lecture about gossip. And the Tingler's real name is Herman, we find out. The moral is, don't exaggerate, and use common sense when someone tells you something, which adults need to hear. Uh, I give this 4.5 Tingler Rumors. This was a really fun one. They did a great job of showing the villagers getting worked up. I enjoyed that a lot. 4.5, wow. It was, it, the, it was just so bananas how worked up the villagers oh, okay. got. I really enjoyed that. All right. This one was written by um, Roby Gorin, who wrote the Circus episode as well. Oh, interesting. By, by the way. Was it 70s-ish feel? It did. I think that explained their weird tall philtrums. I don't know. Their okay, weird right. face. Their faces were funky. They that, had funky faces. That writer has a really, like, fun sensibility, I guess. He, I think he likes, so. likes weirdness. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm here for it, so. Next. Okay, this is 6 of 12, He-Man, episode 121, The Magical Falls. Farts. <laughs> In, that doesn't count for my time. Uh, in this episode, Orko has to get his magic back to warn Randor about Cobra Khan's disguise. So Evil Lynn spies on the kingdom during Eternia Day, in which Randor will hear concerns of the citizens. She interrupts Skeletor to tell him about it while um, Skeletor is feeding some terrible tentacle pets. They decide they need to send someone expendable in disguise and get Cobra Khan. They disguise him as a really sleazy regular dude with uh, long black hair to keep, to, that he still lisps uh, to, keep, to keep Orko from seeing through the glamour, Skeletor finds Orko and steals his magic. Orko tells Adam that a special waterfall will restore his magic. They have trouble finding it, and Attack Track says, I follow the coordinates. If we're not there, it's your fault. The waterfall gatekeeper is the Zagra's character design, and he takes them through some terrifying dimensions, including one with giant eyeballs. Orko gets hopped up on magic at the end, and teleports them back to warn Randor of the imposter. The moral is to work together. Uh, I would rate this 3.9 suspicious petitioners. Okay. I'll, of course, Cobra Khan would be some dude with like long black hair. He, he definitely vapes. Like stonewashed <laughs> jeans. Uh, definitely. He's hanging out in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, it was funny. We'll review episode 122, Search for a Sun, in a future show. But future. what do you have for us, Scott? Uh, I have 7 of 12. This is He Man episode number 123, Mistaken Identity. 
Uh, Cringer is chasing some butterflies through the woods and falls into a cave. He awakens a shrieker, and then He-Man has to kick its butt. Next, uh, it shows Eternia's royal dungeon, where the worst of the worst are. You meet uh, Galen Minecroft. Uh, he produces a machine out of with magic magic powers that will make him the evilest of all people in Eternia, even above Skeletor. Baron, a boy in the woods, tricks his girlfriend into believing that he is He-Man. Now, <laughs> now we see Majulok, which Graylin Minecraft has turned into, bust out of jail, and he's listening with his big ears to Farron as he tells his girlfriend that he is He-Man. Majulok captures Farron. Majulok is mad that Farron will not change into He-Man, and Farron, uh... Farron has a pet and he gets into gets him out of jail, uh, but he uh, runs right into runs right into an arena where Majulok releases his little demon guy. Then He-Man busts through and saves him and uh, kicks Majulok into like a into like a railroad thing and then upside down he's like kicking his feet and then he falls into the jail. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> the only reason I rate this is so high is because uh, you get kind of Modulox origin story. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, I, there was like nothing there. It was like it was like a little bit, and he was still he's he was supposed to be more powerful than Skeletor, but he was still Skeletor's minion, which is kind of weird. And it got overshadowed by a weird kid story. Yeah, yeah, like he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, you just make it make it about Modulak. I would have been so interested in yeah. that. Like, I don't know why they didn't. Like, he's very he's he's awesome looking and everything else. I don't know. So uh, 3.8 uh, big listening ears. Okay. <laughs> All right, we move on to Shira, and I have number eight of twelve. Shira, season two, episode nine. Above it all. All right, there have been horde troopers sighted around the rebels' camp, and some villagers want to know what's up. And the plan that they find out is that Shadow Weaver is going to open the Cave of Winds to destroy the Whispering Woods. Insert flatulence joke here. So it's very windy, and soon all the buildings will be destroyed. And uh, Shira rides up on Swiftwind to go ask Angela for magical assistance, but she gets snagged by this floating island. And this island in the sky is populated by some funky tree mushroom dudes who want Swiftwind to carry the sapling children to a new sky island because their island got all jacked up. We don't know how. So Shira pulls the the one sky island to the new one and then takes the old one to go plug the hole of the cave of winds. And Lucky tells you that everyone is beautiful like flowers. <laughs> this one was a real perfunctory slog. I give it <laughs> 3.2 sentient mushrooms wow. out of 5. That's a harsh review of perfunctory slog. <laughs> Jeez. You rated it above a 3. Well, you know. Uh... That's, that's so bad. Scott had to do his nasal spray. Uh... <laughs> So I'm doing 9 of 12. Uh, this is Scott. Um, <laughs> uh, She-Ra, season 2, episode 10, Day of the Flowers. Oh, God, I can't wait to hear about this. It's a great holiday. Uh, opens with He-Man and She-Ra saving a bunch of slaves. Uh, Hordak learns uh, that they saved all the slaves, and he's sending the monstroids to destroy all their flowers because they will be disheartened if all their flowers are gone for the day of the flowers. <laughs> um, Prince Adam and uh, Dora try, try to change into He-Man and She-Ra, but Orko has sent their swords into oblivion. Uh, you don't have no idea where Orko sent them. Uh, and then, so Prince Adam and Adora, with the help of Frosta and Snout Spout, make frozen donuts. Uh, Madame Raz takes the frozen ice donuts and throws it inside the monstoid's heads, freezing their brains. All this time orko is trying to get the swords back but failing uh the monstroids brains unfreeze they start attacking the flowers again they make more don't ice donuts and then ask orko for his help orko can you make these 15 feet high i will try i'm good at making big things so he makes them 15 feet high and they crush all of them except for two and then Oracle keeps trying to get the swords. He gets the swords back. They change into He-Man and She-Ra. They, they freeze a lake because this is, I don't know why, just Frost is there. So they have to freeze everything. They freeze a lake and they toss <laughs> the lake at the rest of the monstroids and defeat them. 
And the moral is believe in yourself. <laughs> of course. Uh, so it, was, it wasn't it was that bad. It had monstroids in it. Um, you know, it, it had a bunch of snout spout was in it and Frosta. And she wasn't like obnoxiously all over He-Man, which is kind of weird. I was wondering about yeah, that. Yeah, or yeah. Prince Adam. Is it, which one is it? Yeah, it's He-Man, right? Yeah, yeah she, she was into He-Man. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she doesn't care about Prince Adam. Yeah. Uh, uh, 4.1 Ice Donuts. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think. That's yeah. crazy. I'm glad Snout Spout came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not had a lot of time. It was. He's only in flower episodes. <laughs> oh. That's true. <laughs> All right, we are now up to ten of twelve. Um, I have Shira, season two, episode eleven, Brigus. So Brigus is a Brigadoon tale, a magical village powered by a powerful box given by a good witch that appears once every five hundred years. All right. The Horde wants the box, and they know that they can get it if they kidnap a villager, because a villager leaving will break the spell, and the village won't disappear. Okay, so Mantena and Grizzlore use every trick in the kidnapper's handbook to get this little girl picking flowers, going so far as to start with, Hello, little girl! <laughs> which was very creepy. Shadow Weaver manages to get the girl. Horde, uh, the, the Horde goes to Brigus to get the box, and She-Ra goes to the Fright Zone for the little girl, and then she comes back right away, punches the Earth to stop the assault of the Horde tanks. Brigus can now disappear for 500 more years, and hopefully when they come back, their clothes will be in style again. <laughs> so, meh. I give it 3.1 vague villager accents out of 5. Weird. Well, if Grizzlor was driving a kidnapper van, that would be upsetting. <laughs> it was, that part was weird. They really amped up the the realness of yeah. like, uh, and and uh, did it have a bubble window? <laughs> they didn't even have a van. Get and some you know candy, what? Kids. I didn't write down the moral, but I feel like Loki didn't even tell you about Stranger Danger because like that would have been a good lesson. Yeah. But I don't even know. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. That was it was woof. weird. It was weird. Loki doesn't want you to learn about Stranger Danger. <laughs> yeah. Loki's into it. I'm not it. a stranger. <laughs> I'm your friend. I'm not hiding. Loki. Uh, we reviewed Season 2, Episode 12, The Caregiver, in a previous show. So now it's time for 11 of 12 from Will. Uh, we're going to review She-Ra, Season 2, Episode 13, When Whispering Woods Last Bloomed. Ew. Okay, this episode's about two new princesses who learned the hard way about the Horde. So the new two princesses are Natasa and Spinnerella. They're reminiscing with the rebels at a campfire about how they left their fun-seeking ways behind. Spinnerella has purple hair and is less silly. Natasa is a princess of color who has sort of a Wakandan African-type accent. In a flashback, Shadow Weaver sees Spinnerella's whirlwind power at an inn where the princesses are dancing to a band, and the bad guys conspire to use this power for knocking down Whispering Woods. Shadow Weaver captures Natasa and tells Spinnerella the rebels have her. Madame Raz at some point saves a rabbit, and when they go in the air, the rabbit extends its arms like it's pretending to fly. Uh, She-Ra summons Light Hope to ask her what is going on here, because I needed to know, and gets the dirt on the situation. She-Ra goes and frees Natasa, who uses some uh, magic net powers, and then both of them rush to tell Spinnerella to cool it with the tornado stuff. Spinnerella whoops up on some horde tanks and bends the trees the right way, and now we have some new A-plus princesses. The rating is four nightlife princesses. Uh, that sounds great. You say night light? Night life. Night life. Because they went okay. dancing. Yeah, party princesses. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, um, they seemed, they seemed hard, play hard. older and less Woo, cartoony princesses. than the other ones. Uh, that sounds good. I like them. I'm yeah. into it. Wait, wait, were they more like the other three that we just met like a couple episodes ago? The Outrageous Space Babes? Yeah, Outrageous Space Babes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, they were. Yeah, they they seem more ad adult and less less crazy. I'm gonna bring us on home with twelve of twelve. This is She-Ra season two, episode fourteen, Romeo and Glimmer. Okay, Hordak is planning an attack on Bright Moon with his huge new tank that he got from the Snake Lady in Trapta. We remember her. And the rebels are scouting around, and they bring back a prisoner, Corporal Romeo. Bo wants to torture him for info, but Adora <laughs> says no, and sends Glimmer to give him medical attention. Okay, so Romeo has the Prince Zed look with pointy ears and a snub nose and a haughty accent. So he's like, but I thought all the rebels were bad, and here you are helping me. And he and Glimmer agree to trust each other and be friends. Meanwhile, She-Ra is outside whooping on this new tank, and she hucks it into the fright zone. So tank is gone. Romeo feels the pull of duty, so he escapes on the ladder he makes out of towels, and also he overhears Angela tell the rebels that the force field of Bright Moon is too weak to withstand another attack. 
Limmer feels bad that she let him get away. She goes to recapture him, but then she gets herself captured, and Romeo blabs to Hordak about Bright Moon, but he still gets dungeoned because there is no reward for being loyal to the Horde, Romeo. Shira rescues them and a bunch of other prisoners, and Romeo decides to rejoin the rebellion, and Glimmer got her a boyfriend. Hmm. 4.2 in Trapped of Traps. I loved it. Maybe that'll calm her down. Yeah. <laughs> they they were a good couple too, and then at the end there was like a like a heart screen like wipe like fade in, oh, funny. and he's like blushing and his ears are twitching, and then at the very end when it's black you hear a like, I like love it was that. so I it was that. cute. I did love it. It was uh, really good. Was he uh, did he titter at any time? He did not titter, oh. but he was fancy. Uh, okay, he wasn't he wasn't a he's tittering like a, like type. A fr- like a friend, he, he would wear a wig if he was. He would. He had yeah. he had powdered wig he had nice black hair okay. he had a good look I, I i like the prince zed look I, i'm 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 into snub noses i think it's a good look i love it if i was going to clean up the story i would like that to have been um uh zed coming back like older and i would like like his kingdom and glimmer's kingdom to sort of like try to make a truce in the future maybe they will yeah. it can still happen now that he's her boyfriend yeah that's cool. I like that. I mean, Romeo is her boyfriend. Yeah, not I think Zed. I think I was thinking this was Zed coming back when I'd seen like stills of this, but I guess it was Romeo. He looked similar to Zed. I see. He had black hair instead of blonde. That was the only difference. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Cool. Okay, well that is our show for today. Thanks for listening. Next week we'll be reviewing season two, episode twenty-two of Shira, The Inspector, in which Sprocker's kitchen is cited for serious health code violations. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have any questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, and tell the lady robot what lives in your house to play the Wizard's Night Shirt podcast. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember not to tell Mossman that his stick is not a phone, or he will actually call you. <laughs> yeah. What if it was like All a, night. What if it's like a beeper? I'm it's outside. Like, it's like Mossman texted me 911. What could this possibly be about? What would it be? It would like come in as like tree, but it would be like seven, <laughs> seven something, three, three. Duncan's the only one with a beeper, so he would like answer. He'd be like, well, this is important. Uh-huh. No one else has it. It's me. I'm chopping down the branches. That's just the gardeners, man. They do that every year. Hey, man here. What is it, Moss Man? You better get back here right away. Or Skeletor. But I'm the biggest one. Just a bunch of little inside all of us. And the He-Man thing that sense. And they all represent a trait of you. Tiny He-Man's in your heart. <laughs>